welcome to the Rule of Law Rules podcast from the Conrad Adenauer Foundation. My name is Angela Daly and I am your host. In this podcast, we talk to international experts about the rule of law in the age of digitalisation and gain insights into recent developments in different parts of the world. One of our favourite topics so far is the EU's General Data Protection Regulation, better known as the GDPR. How has it influenced data protection worldwide? How is data protection handled in Europe and other parts of the world? How can we establish international standards and what will happen next? With our March guest, Dr. Eduardo Magrani, we will travel to South America to learn about digitalization and data governance developments there. Eduardo is postdoctoral research fellow at the Munich Center for Technology and Society at the Technical University of Munich, and he is also an affiliate of the Berkman Klein Center for Internet and Society at Harvard University. Eduardo is also president of the National Institute for Data Protection in Brazil and partner in Demarest Avogados. Hi and welcome, Eduardo. Thanks for joining us. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here with you in this podcast. So we like to start and end our episodes with some quick fire questions to introduce you and your views on data protection. I will start a sentence and you can finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. Data protection is my favorite topic because? Because it's today one of the main pillars that we have in the era of hyperconnectivity. The first time I realized the importance of data protection was? Was with the web 2.0, with the social networks. Data protection is a typically Brazilian thing because? Because it's just not a typical Brazilian thing. <laughs> okay, thanks very much. So, moving on to our longer questions. Can you first tell us more about your work in this area? So, I started working with data protection uh, for more than 10 years now. I was one of the developers of the Internet Bill of Rights in Brazil called Marco Civil, the Internet. Uh, that was one of the main uh, regulations that we had we had dealing with those um, rights concerning the digital sphere. So there in the Marco Civil, the Internet Bill of Rights that, that got into force in 2014, we, we already had the, the importance of consent, for example, uh, some concerns about transferring and storage or, of data. So that was a, a really important mark in Brazil, and I started from there. And from there on, uh, we also start drafting the, the Brazilian version uh, of the GDPR, what we call the LGPD, Lei Geral de Proteção de Dados. And it's important to notice that those two regulations started building a culture of privacy and data protection in Brazil. And culture is a very important part of it. Thanks very much. Uh, can you give us an overview of data protection governance more generally in Latin America? Culture is a very important factor when we talked about privacy and data protection. So in different countries in Latin America, we didn't have a strong culture of privacy as we have in countries like Germany, for example, that issued a law on data protection since the, the 70s. So in some countries in Latin America, there is still a recent phenomenon this kind of regulation or this matter to be regulated. 
So this is a culture that's still being enforced through certain regulations that will depend on the acceptance of the citizens, of the companies, the public sector for us to guarantee a real enforcement of this new data governance culture in the region. So as we know already, in the European Union, the implementation of the GDPR in 2018 has been a hugely significant development, both for data protection law in Europe and globally. What do you think of the GDPR and what has been its influence where you are? Yes, most definitely. So GDPR, as I like to say, got viral in the whole world. It's not restricted to the European territory and it it really influenced different regions. And for sure, it influenced Latin America. The GDPR is a very robust framework that tries to, to enhance the necessity for compliance on privacy and data protection, uh, really protecting citizens and data subjects on this matter. And it influenced, uh, for example, the, the Brazilian version of that. So many of the clauses we have were completely inspired by GDPR. We have a clash nowadays in the world between strong regulations such as the GDPR and innovation and economical development. But since many people are not very much aware about the importance of that, it's very, very important to have those robust frameworks. And of course, we can we can think about them as Europe is doing now, trying to balance with those other constitutional rights and, and other uh, values as well, such as such as innovation and economical development. But I would say it's important to have this framework since data governance is already one of the main pillars in society. In Latin America, what has been driving increased data protection laws? Most of all, the necessity of global companies to be compliant with the GDPR, for example. So most of the the global companies that we have are already uh, having to take compliance, taking GDPR as the main example. Even though we do not have like strong and robust frameworks, they have by default to, to seek this full compliance, taking GDPR. And besides that, people are becoming more and more aware of their rights and more and more aware about what is going on with their big data. And they are claiming for more transparency. They are claiming for more rights. And those frameworks are going to be more and more enforced. So GDPR got this effect worldwide because it's global application and it's really managing to create a strong culture of, of privacy. So you've spoken a bit about some of the developments in Brazil, but in the context of Latin America more generally, do you see differences in the approach to data protection in different Latin American jurisdictions? Certainly, we have some some differences. There are some countries in in Latin America that already had data protection frameworks for for many years right now. So we were talking about the Brazilian context, but Brazil got delayed in that process, uh, having a a bill that came into force just recently. But other countries already had one because this is not a brand new phenomenon. As I said, in Europe, we had many countries developing its own, like Germany, Germany. 
Germany in the 70s, but even the GDPR was already a, an update of, of a directive of 1995. So, of course, other countries in the Latin America region were already trying to attach uh, this idea of uh, data protection with the international scenario. So some international organizations are already looking for it for many years right now. So Brazil got delayed in this process and it's trying to make its homework. But even though uh, besides the necessity of attaching the, this culture to the international level, there is also some specificities that, that are different from country to country. For example, in some Latin America countries, we have, we have national data protection authorities that are completely autonomous and independent. And that's very important because the National Data Protection Authority will seek for a better compliance uh, on public entities, on private companies, and trying to receive certain um, denounces from, from the data subject, so on and so forth. And in Brazil, our uh, National Data Protection Authority uh, is linked to the presidency of the republic. So we could challenge the idea of real independency on that sense, because how the National Data Protection Authority will manage to, to sue or prosecute public entities without having a proper independency and autonomy. Within your region, do data protection laws tend to take a general approach to data protection or are different sectors regulated differently using different legislation? So the legislation comes with many gaps. It's very broad, it's a robust framework, but it's applicable to every sector. So now there is a strong expectation that the National Data Protection Authority will regulate each sector in a special manner. For example, I'll give you uh, one specific discussion that is going on right now. Under GDPR, we have three possibilities where the data protection officer is a necessity. It's an obligation. In the Brazilian version of this data protection framework, there is no such thing. So every company, every public entity is obliged to have a data protection uh, officer. So imagine how hard it is going to be for a startup, a small startup, for example, to hire such, such a person. So this kind of thing is going to be probably better regulated by the authority itself. So as uh, international transfers and other topics that we have still some, some gaps to be solved. We've started to touch on the issue of implementation and enforcement. What do you think about the implementation mechanisms under the new law, particularly in Brazil, or more generally of data protection frameworks in Latin America? Do you think that there's sufficient capacity for authorities with this task to actually implement the laws, or do they need to be better resourced? This discussion is going on in, in Europe as well. So the GPR got its second year anniversary and some of the countries are not in the same level of, of sanctions. They are not destining the same budget for the authorities. And this is definitely going on in, in other regions such as Latin America as well. So, for example, our authority, as I mentioned before, is linked to the presidency of the republics, not an outer key. Yet, it can be transformed into an outer key with its own budget, but it's not yet. And that uh, challenges the idea of autonomy and the enforcement that can come from the authority. And it's so important for the states to, to be more uh, careful about this, really destining a budget and having enough personnel for that. Because uh, think, let's think about Portugal right now. Portugal, uh, in the beginning of the implementation of GDPR, started with some interesting 
routine processes like uh, suing a, a hospital for violating GDPR. And right now, Portugal, after two years, is not having as much sanctions or is not higher as possible as it could. So it's not sending out a good message. So the, the European Commission and other uh, international entities are stating how important it is to, to kind of get more uniform the level of enforcement and sanctions. So this is what we're trying to learn when we think about the, the applicability in Brazil and the Latin America region as well. How to make those authorities uh, really efficient looking into what is happening in Europe. How many people are necessary to deal with a data protection issue in a country, in a big country like Brazil, for instance? One thing that we've seen in Europe as well is sometimes government agencies don't actually respect data protection laws very well themselves. Um, is this also an issue in Latin America? Yes, most most definitely. The National Data Protection Authority is not the, the only agent to, to seek for, for compliance and enforcement. So in Brazil, this is happening because we just got the, the structure of the National Data Protection Authority. But before that, the public prosecutor officers and um, the consumers office in different states, they were acting like as the authority of data protection, and they are still doing that. So that's important to guarantee its enforcement, but that, that also challenges the, the idea of who is going to be the main office to take care of those issues. Are going to be the, the judiciary, for example, the public prosecution office or the consumers entities, so on and so forth. So we have to, to have a better alignment among all those um, actors. Moving on now to the role of the private sector, has the private sector in Latin America uh, been engaged in debates and dialogue on data protection? And also, has the private sector worked alongside regulators and policymakers to devise and also implement data protection laws in the region? So the private sector is very much aware already about the, um, the framework for data protection, the LGPD. But we got something uh, interesting going on, which is the, um, the possibility to implement sanctions only after August 2021. So the, the law got into force uh, September 2020, but the sanctions are still coming up later this year. So some of the companies in the private sector are, are still waiting to fulfill the, the compliance after the sanctions are into force. But I would say that this is not a good idea as well, because to, in order to make a good implementation and adequacy, it's something very, very hard and it takes time. So it's a myth that you can get all your company compliant in 24 hours or even one month, depending on the size of the company. And this is the kind of solution that we are beginning to see right now in the region. But we have to challenge that. A full compliance demands a very careful process and it can take up to six months or even a year if we're talking about a big company. 
think in Europe, the higher levels of fines under the GDPR made businesses, or some businesses anyway, take it more seriously than previous data protection laws. Is this also a feature of new data protection laws in your region, that fines are higher or are fines still quite low? And is that having an impact on businesses' approach to complying with data protection? Until now, fines, I would say that fines are still low. We had episodes of uh, data breaches, security incidents coming from the judiciary or other entities, public entities in Brazil, even before the structuring of the National Data Protection Authority. But I would say from the, the leading cases that we have uh, until now, the, the fines are still very low. So we are also following that process to see uh, now that with the, the National Data Protection Authority, if the fines are, are going to get higher. Yeah, let's see. Let's see whether they need a stick as well as a carrot to uh, ensure compliance. And just adding one point about it, we, because we were talking about the, um, how hard it is to make compliance sometimes. And it's important to know that compliant, compliance do not have a, an end in itself. Every time you have a new process, uh, processing of data, you need to make the, the compliance all over again. So the idea of full compliance is a north that is hard to be achieved in full. It's something that we need to seek every time in each moment. So this is the first thing. The, the other thing that complements our previous question is that we talk a lot about fines and some companies in the private sector only look into the fines, how higher they are, etc. But with frameworks like GDPR or the Brazilian LGPD, fines are not the most important thing in itself. The law demands a shift in the mentality of the public and private sector um, so that the, the entities must not think about what they should do if there's a data breach or a violation itself, but they, they must have like a, a preventive mindset. And that changes a lot of things. For example, in Latin America, many countries do not have this preventive culture concerning privacy and data protection. So that shifts many things. And the, the authorities of data protection will demand certain documents like privacy assessments, risk assessments, even before fines. So I would say fines are, are an important factor for us to look at, but they're not the, the most important things. The data protection is a galaxy. So we need to, to think about other factors as well. And, and to make all this compliance, uh, compliance, it takes time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Culture change is really important. And I think something we're also going through in different parts of Europe as well are in data protection, where data protection may not have been such a well-known concept in the past. Moving on now, actually, to the public and civil society, you mentioned already your involvement in really the seminal Marco Civil da Internet in Brazil, the Brazilian Bill of Rights for the Internet, which uh, had a lot of participation from civil society groups and academics and the public. Currently, though, is civil society in your region well engaged in debates and litigation on data protection, or was the Marco Civil really the high point of that engagement? The Internet Bill of Rights in Brazil, Marco Civil, was a, a fantastic experiment because uh, it, it took the participation of a multi-stakeholder group. So I participated from the, the side of academia, 
But we worked alongside the, the Ministry of Justice in the government and also with the inputs of many partners in academia and civil society, so long and so forth. And it was the first time where we had in Brazil a public consultancy of legislative bill. So it was really a very strong uh, experiment that we had in the region and in Brazil. And uh, Marcos Review also got viral. Many countries like Germany, France and Italy got inspired by, by what happened in the Marcos Review. And in my opinion, it was a very uh, successful initiative that really influenced other after the Marco Civil itself. And it's important um, to notice that in, in Brazil, and in special, we have a strong field for civil society to, to act. We have many think tanks on internet and society uh, that creates a lot of interesting reports in this field and really engaging in important discussions about how to guarantee constitutional rights through the digital sphere. Digital sphere and they really contribute to um, public consultancies of bills related to that matter. So they got together for this interesting initiative of Marcos Review, and they are still doing a pretty good job as civil society as a whole in the region. That's great to hear. Now, what about the general public in either Brazil or Latin America more generally? Do they know and understand well the idea of data protection and privacy or are data protection and privacy really foreign concepts or concepts that aren't really well known and understood by normal people? All these actors like civil society, academia, and even the government are doing really a hard um, job trying to enhance awareness of the citizens uh, about these matters of privacy and data protection. As I said, this is not very much strong in the region, this culture, and I can say for, for Brazilian experience, for example. So that's an ongoing effort to us, this direction of reinforcing uh, for the citizens the importance of that. But uh, we're, I wouldn't say we are there yet. There are many people that just don't know about the, the Brazilian legislation for data protection, and they are not pretty much aware of, of their rights, such as we, we can already perceive in European countries, like, like in Germany, for instance. But uh, there is a worthwhile effort to make, because since we're already living in this hyper-connected digital world, big data is something to be more and more valuable in society. So I would say we are still creating this culture, and I have this hope that we'll get there very soon. Great. I hope you do. What do you think is going to be the future of data governance and data governance activities in either Brazil or Latin America over the next few years? And do you think that any of these future developments are going to impact internationally? The first step is trying to guarantee really effective frameworks, such as the GDPR, like in many countries, with its own. The next step is trying to balance those robust regulations with innovation and economical development. During the, um, the first steps of the bill uh, for data protection, many companies in the private sector were, were trying to challenge the, the importance of the data protection frameworks as it was only something uh, to be perceived as negative. 
Nowadays, we're trying to change this mentality, trying to highlight how to have the compliance with data protection regulation is something to be perceived as positive because it can really enhance the trust with the consumers. It can really enhance the, the compliance of the company, not only looking into fines, but how it can create uh, many benefits, even besides the, the idea of sanctions, etc. So I think that's an interesting shift as well. How can, can we perceive more and more the data protection compliance as something not negative, not so ever, but uh, on the opposite way, as something completely positive? Thanks so much, Eduardo. Now to finish, three more quick questions. So as you know already, I'll start the sentence and you can finish it. Data protection is so big in Brazil because? Because Brazil is a big country. Data protection still needs to get better at? At the enforcement level on the companies and the awareness of the citizens. And finally, the rule of law rules because? because it has the role of uh, creating a good regulation. Besides of all the possibilities of regulation, this is going to be one of the strongest. So this was the third edition of the Rule of Law Rules podcast with me, Angela Daly, and our guest, Eduardo Magrani. In the show notes, you can find out more about Eduardo, links to his professional activities and more information about the Conrad Adenauer Foundation and its rule of law programme, which this podcast is part of. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel, where we will release new rule of law rules episodes at the end of each month. If you like this episode, then please give us a good rating and tell your data law geek friends about us too. I hope you have enjoyed our podcast. See you next time.